Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. You know, I like to say things to get everybody's attention, but you know, sometimes I've got to be careful because I'm afraid people are going to walk out after I say some of these things. But one thing I'm going to say, and don't walk out, I think it's time for us to be a little, to go liberal in an area. Think we need to, I think we need to be a little more liberal in a certain area uh, than we have been in the four years that we've been here. I'd like to see us go liberal in one area. And boy, you look like it's weird saying that too. But um, I mean it. I, I think we need to be a little more liberal in one area. And we're going to read Second Corinthians chapter eight. And as we get into this message, you'll see what I'm talking about. I'd, I'd like you all need to be a little more liberal. Some of y'all, you're way too conservative in this area, and it's time for you to be a little more liberal. And um, I know, you know, it's, this isn't because I saw the Democratic debate. I, didn't, I just saw a few minutes of it, didn't see the whole thing. Uh, but uh, listen to this message, and you'll find out what I'm talking about. So I know I got your attention now. So there, Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse one. Moreover, brethren. We do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. All right, so you might see what we're talking about here, but this passage of scripture this is often used when there's preaching on giving to missions, and appropriately so. And there's a lot of you know bits and pieces and things that are taken from here. But tonight we're going to look at what he's specifically talking about, and I believe this this is a great passage of scripture uh, that we use for missions giving for giving to missions, and we can see in this passage too because it's like when we when it comes to Giving to missions, you know, there is often that discussion. You know, who do we give to? You know, which missions are worthy of our support? You know, there's all kinds of different ways that people do missionary work. There's all kinds of different types of missions, and you know, which is the best way? Which is the best philosophy? You know, what are the best ones? Because there are some, there are some what they call missionaries that are out there. There's people that they call themselves missionaries. And they're not really doing much of anything but going on a vacation all the time. And obviously, we you know we want to be careful. We don't want to be you know wasting our missions money there. But at the same time, while we are going to look exactly at what this missions money, as we would call it, Paul was raising. Paul, uh, him, and Silas they were kind of in charge, or my Barnabas, of raising money for to help some different uh, saints. And we're going to see exactly what that money was for. But at the same time, okay, while it's going to be very clear exactly what they were raising money for, it is also clear in the Scriptures that when it comes to giving, it's okay to be liberal. And that's why I said we need to be more liberal. When it comes to our giving, it's okay to be liberal. Notice he mentions the riches of their liberality. And then just a few other verses on this uh, same subject. Uh, let's go to. Oh, let's go to Proverbs chapter eleven. Proverbs 
chapter 11. Because here's the thing, when it comes to missions giving, while we do see exactly what they were given to in this passage, or in this passage and some other passages we're going to look at, when it comes to giving, there are really no set, you know, fixed set of rules in the Bible as far as who we should give to, why we should give. We do see we're allowed to be liberal in this area. I think this is one area where it's okay to be liberal. But look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. And it says, The liberal soul shall be made fat. And he that watereth shall water also himself. The liberal soul shall be made fat. What's that talking about? You know, what is that talking about? You know, someone who just gives liberally. You know, they're not real picky about it. They're just people that, hey, man, they want to be a blessing. And, you know, a lot of times we're just very calculated with our giving. Now, obviously, you know, we believe in the tithe and things like that, but, you know, sometimes people, boy, they're going to get that tithe right down to the penny. There is no way they're going to give God any more than that. You know, they're, I mean, we're real picky about these things. And when it comes to giving, God enjoys that cheerful giver. That one who, man, they just give out of the abundance of their heart. I mean, they're just, they're liberal about it. You know, and we've, in politics right now, we've got people that are liberal. Uh, but that's not okay. It's not okay for the Democrats to be liberal because the money that they're wanting to give away is not their money. Okay, now I could be very liberal in giving other people's money away. Okay, you know, kids—they're very liberal in giving other people's money away. You know, they—they they love giving their parents money. You know, you ever see kids when they put money in the offering plate? They've always got a big smile on their face. You know why? It's not their money. They'll give very liberal, <laughs> liberally in that area, and that's the way it is in politics. You know, they're all anxious to give away other people's money, but it's a proven fact that when you look at conservative conservatives versus liberals, conservatives are always more charitable than the liberals. If you look at the people running for office, you know, a lot of the conservative candidates and how the charities that they give to, they give way more liberally to charities than the liberals do. It's just it's just a proven fact that they've shown many times. And with giving of your own money, it's okay to be liberal. The Bible says the liberal soul should be made fat. In other words, you're going to have more than you need. You're going to be okay. You're going to you're going to have plenty if you are liberal and you're given. And there's many other passages where if you look up the word liberal in the Bible or liberality, it's almost always used in context to giving. You know, just and the Bible talks about you know God gives wisdom to people liberally, and it uses that term in talking about giving. He just man just throws it out there. Okay, and as a church, I think it's okay for us to be liberal. In our giving, when we have, if we have a missionary come here, somebody that's trying to do the work of the Lord, if we just, you know, let's try to give this guy a big offering. Let's just try to be a blessing to these people. Let's try to support just as many missions and as many missionaries as we can. Let's just, you know, said so churches today, they're so liberal on just about everything. They're liberal on their music. You know, hey, just whatever music, that's fine. You know, when it comes to what Bibles they use, whatever Bibles, it's fine. But boy, when it comes to giving, oh, wait, we need to be conservative now. And yet, in the Bible, we see it's okay to be liberal in the giving. And a lot, you know, the liberal soul should be made fat. You know, a lot of times people are like, you know, why am I so, you know, why don't I seem to have enough? You know, why, why don't I have all these extra things that the Bible talks about? But you know, a lot of times we think we don't have the money to give. We don't have, we're not capable of doing that. But the truth is, 
You know how much we literally eat? Okay, and I'm not talking about just the food, but we waste so much money on stuff. I mean, if you just think about how much we spend a month in soda, okay, do we really need soda? Okay, now I'm preaching to myself right now. Okay, I, I, I drink a lot more soda than I should, and it's not my fault. I'm addicted to Dr. Pepper, and you know, it's, it's not my fault. I'm a caffeineaholic or whatever, and so I'm going to see if I can get government money as a result of it, but uh, it hasn't, hasn't worked out yet. <laughs> but, um, you know, the money we spend on those things, if we, if we just started drinking water, most of our families could probably take that money and give it to missions, and that's another missionary the church could support. I mean, that's how much we, we just, the junk food that we eat, you know, the drive through stuff. We spend so much money, and we do, we, li- we literally just eat away everything. And you know what? I get a little more frustrated with this, I think, than most people, because I work in a distribution center, a grocery distribution center, where I'm constantly stacking boxes of food all day, and it's like, Americans, they eat so much, and it just drives me crazy. You know, I just get frustrated because it makes me have to work a little harder. But, uh, you know, why don't we just admit that we're blessed? You know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times we say, you know, I don't have, you know, I don't have enough money to give, but yet we're at the same time we're spending money trying to figure out how we can lose all this extra weight that we have. You know, maybe we ate that missions money that we could have given. You know, I mean, let's just think about the stuff that we eat. You know, I'm not, I'm not picking on, I'm not picking anybody for this stuff. So my day is coming. You know, I'm still, I'm still getting my days coming where I'm going to have the same problem too. But you know, there's ways that we can do these things. But we eat a lot, eat away, literally a lot of our increase, and so we're not able to be a blessing. And we, we ought to have that desire. I want to be liberal in my giving. I mean, I just, I want to, you know, I don't want to be picky about who I give to. I don't want to be picky about how much I give. You know, we're always analyzing everything. You know, does this person deserve it? Are they really worthy? Yet when we see in the Bible that when it comes to giving, it's okay to be liberal and just not really care that much. Just yeah, you know, here, you know, just you know, take it. Somebody needs it. You know, we don't need to question them and give them the third degree. If there's somebody that comes and maybe they visit the church and they've got a need and they're struggling. You know, we don't. We shouldn't have to make them take. We don't have to make them take a lie detector test to make sure that they're not going to go spend that money on you know alcohol and cigarettes and things. Why don't we just be liberal and be a blessing? We see that's okay to do that in the Bible. And he meant in Paul here in the story, he mentions a people from Macedonia that were in deep poverty, that were liberal in their giving. Now these people, he said, deep poverty. Okay, now. Most of us in here don't know what deep poverty was. Now, we just heard you know, Brother Hayes talking this morning about some of the stuff that he lived with that we would all call deep poverty. Okay? If we had to go out and draw our own water, you know, we would say we were in deep poverty, wouldn't we? We would feel pretty sorry for ourselves. If we had to go out and milk cows and collect eggs and do all those things that used to just be a normal part of life for people, so he didn't even know he was poor, you know, we would say we were in deep poverty and we would feel really, really sorry for ourselves, wouldn't we? I mean, if that was us, if we were working that hard and trying to survive, we would be thinking, you know, well, let's leave the giving to the rich people. But you know what? Sometimes poor people are the best givers. 
They know how. They just know how to make it happen. And in this story here, we see these people that he mentions. These people from Macedonia that were in deep poverty, but boy, they were liberal in their giving. I mean, it's like it's almost like the way he says it, praying us with much entreaty in verse four that we would receive the gift. It was like they didn't even want to take this offering for them. It's like you people not realize how poor you are. You can't give like this. But they told him, take this money. They shouldn't have been given that money. They needed it for themselves. They needed it to feed their family. But you know what? These people were a bunch of liberals when it came to their giving, and they gave it anyway. And God blessed them for it. Paul was, Paul was pleased with this. He motivated other people with their example. And note, the, the money that Paul was raising in here, you know, what was Paul raising the money for? We'll go to Acts chapter 11 and verse 27. We're going to see Paul mentions several. Uh, there's several references in the Bible to this money, what, where it was specifically going. And it says in Acts 11 verse 27, and in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwell in Judea, which also they did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So right here in the story, it's just one of these things that's just mentioned quickly in the Bible. It was prophesied that there was going to be a great dearth or there was going to be a great famine throughout the world. And so they they decided, hey, we need to help these our brothers in Judea. And so they decided that they were going to try to collect money from the churches and they were going to deliver it at the hands of Barnabas and Saul, who is Paul. So we see here that one of the things that these people in Macedonia were raising money for, I believe, it was for these saints in Israel. And they gave it to the hands of Paul and Barnabas. And then also look in Romans chapter 15, verse 25. Here, This is a letter to the Romans. He says, "...but now I go unto Jerusalem..." to minister unto the saints. For it hath pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. So right there, uh, we see he's mentioning those people in Macedonia again. Verse 27, It hath pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. So it is very clear from the Scriptures that the money that Paul was collecting from these other churches, it was for the saints in Jerusalem and Judea. And he mentioned, hey, you have been ministered to by their spiritual things. How did they? How were they ministered to by their spiritual things? You might remember the book of Acts. It was after Pentecost and after a great revival starts taking place. Many people started selling their houses, selling their land, and they're laying it at the apostles' feet. They're selling everything they have and they're giving it to the apostles so they would have the money to go to other parts of the world and spread the Gospel. People like Barnabas, a man of great possession, sold what he had and he laid it at the apostles' feet. And then you might remember Ananias and Sapphira. They went and they sold some of their land and they only gave part. Which was fine, wasn't it? You're allowed to do that. They weren't quite as liberal as Barnabas. But it was okay. It was okay. It was theirs to do with what they wanted to. But they, the problem wasn't they kept back part. The problem was they lied about it. 
They were trying to impress everybody and they lied to the Holy Ghost and that was the problem. And so here, you know, during that time in Israel, all these people are given everything they have so they could go and preach to the Gentiles. And then they went and they preached to the Gentiles and then all of a sudden, after they've given all this money, there's this great dearth that's coming. And now they're in trouble. You know, they didn't get the great big blessing after giving all that, did they? They got a famine. But you know what? Paul told them, listen, you've ministered from their spiritual things. They need to reap your carnal things. And they collected money from those people to take back to the saints in Jerusalem. And that is the context. I've talked about this before. I'm getting tired of these preachers that are going around telling us we've got to support Israeli military with our money and give money to Jews because they've ministered to us in spiritual things. People who do not believe in Christ, they try to use that passage. Like that is, yes, those people happen to be of Jewish descent, but they were Christians. They were saved people that had given of their possessions so they could take the Gospel to those people. And Paul said, you need to give something back to them. Have we gotten anything from the Jews over in Israel today? No. They gave us a Messiah. No, they didn't. He came 2,000 years ago. They weren't even alive when He was around. And I'm getting tired of that teaching. It's getting really big going around. But this is what Romans is talking about. He was talking about those people in Macedonia these in their deep poverty. They gave to Paul and Silas. They were the ones that were kind of in charge. And he was going to take that money back and he was going to minister and he was going to help the poor saints in Jerusalem. And that is what that, that is exactly what they were raising the money for in this time. To help poor saints. It wasn't even, it wasn't even really to get the Gospel out. But at the same time, while we see that that's why they were given money, we don't have to only give to poor saints in other countries. Now, if we want to, we can, can't we? But we see in the Bible it's okay to be liberal in our giving. We don't need to put a whole lot of requirements and restrictions on who we give or how much we give. Matthew or Mark chapter 14, verse 7 says, For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do to them good, but me ye have not always. Notice he said, whensoever ye will. Okay? There's plenty of poor people out there. And whenever you want to be a blessing, you're allowed to do that. And you know what? If you go and you help some bum out in the street and he, you, you hand him $5 and he goes and you know, buys beer with it, that's not your fault. Okay? God's not going to look at you and say, how dare you give that bum that money that he went and bought beer with? Okay? God's not going to do that. Okay, that's on Him. And you're still going to get a blessing and you're allowed to be liberal with your giving. You know, the story of Ananias and Sapphira, Peter said, whilst it remained, was it not thine own? Okay? I mean, think about it. Everything that we have comes from God. But yet, even God, when it comes to the 90%, will tell us that's yours. Our government doesn't even do that. Our government acts like all the money's theirs. They're just letting us use some of it. But God, He doesn't do that with us. He says, hey, it's yours to do with what you want. Okay? Ananias and Sapphira's problem wasn't that they kept back part. The problem was that they lied about it. That was the problem. So, But before God can use us in our giving, we need to give ourselves to the Lord first. Look at what it says in verse 4. Now, this is a very important thing. 
to, under, to remember. Pray, so, uh, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They wanted to get involved. They wanted to help these people. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Notice these people, this church in Macedonia, they weren't just doing good in the giving area. They were doing good in all the other areas too. I mean, these people, they surrendered themselves to the Lord. They gave their lives to the Lord. They were being obedient to Him in everything. Verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. So right here, we this is a very important thing because many times when people are struggling spiritually, financially, whatever, many times it's like we we think in our head that we can buy our way out of maybe a mess that we've created, that we can buy our way into the blessings of God. But before God can use us in our giving, we need to give ourselves to the Lord first. See, to do to see God do great things, and they saw God do great things, you've got to surrender your whole life to His will. You know, there's many liberal Christians in every other area that it's like they feel like it's okay they can get away with it because they're liberal in their giving too. It's like they feel whenever they give that big offering in the church that that's you know, gaining them special favor with God. Look how much I gave. But listen, God, He can really care less about your money. If you're, if you're doing everything else wrong, Okay, if you can, I don't care how much money you put in the offering plate every week. If you're living like the devil all week, God's not going to bless that. That's not the most important thing. That's not the only thing that there is to do. If you're wasteful, you're not going to be blessed. You can put a whole bunch of money in the offering, and then if you go out this week and you're spending all your other money on lottery tickets and you know booze and you know throwing your money away at the gambling joint. God's not required to bless you. God's not going to take care of all your needs if you're just throwing your money away, if you're not paying your bills, if you're bouncing checks, racking up fees, you know, driving up, you know, credit cards where you're paying interest like crazy, you know, to where I mean just getting yourself in a mess and you think I'm just going to come to church and I'm going to give my offering, I'm going to give 50 bucks to a missionary and all my problems are going to go away. I owe my neighbor, you know, $100, but if I give you know, a missionary $100, you know, the Lord will take care of that and then some. No, you just robbed Peter to pay Paul. You know, you need to take care of that neighbor that you, you know, you're, you're giving away his money. And we shouldn't do that. That's, that's not okay. You know, if you owe me $100, alright, or you owe somebody else in the church $100, and some missionary comes and they see you give them $100, and then you're like, I don't have the money to pay you, that's going to cause some problems, isn't it? You know, and that's the thing about borrowing money. When you when when you owe people money, you can't be a cheerful giver. Okay, you can't because here's the thing: if I owe you all money, all right, if I owe somebody in the church a thousand dollars, 
Okay, I am not going to be able to go take my kids on a vacation to Disney World without feeling really guilty. I mean, how would you feel if I owe you $1,000 and you're being nice, you want to help me out, and then I'm going and taking my kids to Disney World when I owe you $1,000? That's not going to go over real well, is it? And it's like, oh, you know, Lord, I got myself in the mess here. I financially owe this person $1,000. Uh, you know, what am I going to do? Well, you know, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to give you $100 and you're going to bless me tenfold and I, I give him that. No, that, that's not how it works. Okay? That is not how it works, folks. It's like we think that we can just erase everything we did by putting money in the offering plate. God doesn't care that much about your money. And you've got to get the other areas in your life taken care of. Otherwise, you're not going to be blessed. If you're living in sin, you're not, you're not going to be blessed. You can't buy God's blessing. It's just it's not going to work. Now, I'm not trying to discourage anybody from giving. Okay, I'm a Baptist preacher. I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to discourage anybody from giving. But I'm just going to tell you right now, if the rest of your life's a mess, if you're living in sin, don't think you putting money in the offering plate is just going to guarantee you God's blessing. You've got to get all the other stuff taken care of first. And we're going to see a promise that God gave to these people in a little bit from Macedonia that gave that money. And a lot of times, every Christian tries to claim that promise. And I'm afraid that that does not apply to every Christian. And we need to understand these people that gave, they, they were liberal in their giving, but they, that was not the only area they were doing good. They gave themselves to the Lord. They surrendered themselves to the Lord. They were growing in faith. They were growing in knowledge. And you got to do the whole package, folks. It's just not going to work to pick an area. And, you know, I'd love it if we had some rich people that wanted to come and just give a whole bunch of money. But if they're living wicked lives, it's not going to help them out. Help us out. But it's not going to help them out. It's not going to do them a bit of good. you got to do, you got to do the whole thing. And you know, and so verse eleven says, "Now therefore perform the doing of it, that is, there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye burden, but by an equality." that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, and their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. What all is he, what all is he trying to say here? Well, first of all, he's trying to say, look, everybody needs to be involved in this giving thing. Okay? Everyone needs to be involved. He said you got, you know, he wanted them to have a ready mind. But notice how he said you have to give according to what you have, not according to what you don't have. Okay? Now we're going to have a missionary here uh, next month. And, you know, when you, hear, when you see those missionaries, it, you know, it's, boy, you know, they, you watch their videos. There's just something, oh, there's something to me I want to give to that. I want to be a part of that ministry. And you know, Brother Smith, that we're going to be that's going to be here 
next month. I mean, they've got a very good ministry going on over there. They've started. They've got Bible colleges over there in places like Kenya. They've got them in Egypt. They've got that mission that he's involved in. I mean, they're doing a lot of great work. And when I hear what's going on in these places, I just get excited. I, I want to get involved in it. I want to have a part of it. I want a piece of the action. I want to give. But you know, you do have to give according to what you have and not what you don't have. Now, don't get all relieved here, folks. Okay? Because here, here's, what it, here's what happens. A lot of times, we say, well, I don't have anything, therefore, I don't have to give. Okay? And... But notice the reason he's trying he's trying to teach them this here, and this is what happens to a lot of people. Many times, people that are the first ones that want to give are the people that are doing all the other stuff wrong. Okay, for example, that missionary comes, you want to give, but if you owe your neighbor a whole bunch of money, you don't have it to give. You might have that cash in your wallet. You might have a little bit of that you know, money in the bank account. But if you're owing it to all these other people, understand the borrower is servant to the lender. Okay, You are their servant. It's theirs. You're not going to be able to give in a cheerful way. You're not going to be able to give like you should. You're not going to be able to give, give a blessing. That money is not yours. Now, and you all know what I'm talking about. Just because you have some money in your pocket... It doesn't mean you've got money, does it? Because we all know the bills that are coming. We've already racked up all these charges for things that haven't even come yet. And here's the thing. If you really want to give, it's something you're going to have to plan on. And I think that's what he's trying to tell them here. You're going to, you know, you've, got, you've got to plan on this. It's going to be something that you prepare for. Something that you think about. And unfortunately, most people, they were very reckless with their finances. We don't plan anything. And here's the thing. We are Americans. If we want to give towards something, we will. Okay? I don't care how poor people are. They still find ways to get big screen TVs, don't they? They still find ways to pay that cable bill, don't they? They still find ways to buy their drugs. They still find ways to buy their cigarettes and their pornography and all that junk. They still find ways to buy all that stuff, don't they? How do they do that? We figure out ways, don't we? And if we really want to give, we will figure out a way to do it. And that's one of the, you know that's one of the things that stops me from going into debt like I could. I could go. I've got good enough credit right now. This next spring, I could go to the Bass Pro Shop and I could leave that place with a boat. I've got good enough credit. I I could qualify. But you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to be a cheerful giver for a long time. Because that's uh, it's going to be very difficult for me to tithe. It's going to be very difficult for me to give uh, give to missions. I have to plan on these things. I have to think about all this stuff ahead of time. You know, when I bought the house, we had it. You know, I got a thirty year mortgage. I'm going to have to be paying this monthly payment for the next thirty years, and I did. But I had it all in mind that I'm planning on giving this much. You've got to always think about that stuff. And unfortunately, when it comes to giving, it's the last thing people think about. We think about it after we've got ourselves in debt above our eyeballs. And we've just we've owe all these people money, and as burdened as you get for it, you've got to have it to be able to give it. And I'm not saying that is an excuse. If you don't have it, listen. If you wanted it, if you wanted to have it to give, you could do it. We always find ways to do it. We do it when we really want to. And 
And so then, and then verse, um, and, but then that equality, okay? He's trying to, you know, he wants, he wants an equality, just like God, you know, he says the tithe, you know, just the tenth, okay? For some people, that's going to be more. Somebody who makes, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year is going to tithe more than the person that makes, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year, okay? But it's the same, you know, proportion. It's the same fraction, I guess you could say. But then at the same time, okay. It's we can't just sit around depending on the rich people. See, that's that's what we do. We depend on the rich for everything. You know, every time you talk to people these days too, especially you know liberals politically, you know what are we going to do about all the financial troubles in America? Well, we need to get more money from the rich. We always do that for everything. And you know what? People in church are like that too. If we want to raise money for a mission, or if we want to raise money, you know, to pay off the building or something, you know, what do we all do? We all think. Well, the rich, I hope the rich people will come through. You know, I hope so and so, they're the ones with all the money. I hope they come through when all of us should just be trying to do our part. Whether it be, you know, whether we all add 2%, you know, of what, you know, to, you know, whatever. We all ought to be doing the same thing. And then, and, um, uh, where was it? So verse 15, you know, as it is written, he that gathered much had nothing over. He that gathered little had no lack. You know, just kind of, you know, we're as I said this with the same. We're all measuring, you know, with what measure ye meet, it'll be measured to you again. That that's the what that ought to be the mindset that we have. You know, we're all, you know, kind of do that same percentage and don't just depend on the rich. You might think, well, I can't do anything because my tithe is too small. Okay, I can't make a difference. Doesn't matter. Okay, if you just do your part. And yeah, it might be a lot smaller than the next person, but it works when everybody does their part. And we can't just depend on the rich to do everything. And then, but verse 16, notice this too, because he's talking to the Corinthians here, and I believe the Corinthians are actually kind of the rich ones here. In verse 16 it says, "...but thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care in the heart of Titus for you. For indeed he accepted the exhortation..." But being more forward of his own accord, he went unto you, and we have sent with him the brother whose praises in the gospel throughout all the churches. And not that and not that only, but who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us with the grace which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and declaration of your ready mind. Avoiding this, that no man should blame us in this abundance which is administered by us providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. But we have sent with them our brother, whom we have oftentimes proved diligent in many things, but now much more diligent upon the great confidence which I have in you. Whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you or our brethren be inquired of. They are the messengers of the churches in the glory of Christ. Wherefore, show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love and of our boasting on your behalf. See, I believe Paul, he was expecting something. He kind of boasted on their behalf. He's like, hey, you know, in Macedonia, the way those people gave. Okay, man, these people, they were poor. And look what they did. And now, I want you to go to the Corinthians. We need to help you know, our brethren in Jerusalem. Go to the Corinthians. They, you, they are really going to be a blessing. And I believe, and I believe Paul did expect more from them. I think it's implied in a lot of these passages here that they had, they were doing fine. They were doing pretty good. 
And I know we all think we're poor because we all watch commercials all the time and we see all the stuff that we don't have. You know, we see all the billboards and we're bombarded with advertisements all the time and we all have neighbors that have more than we do and so we all think we're poor, don't we? Okay? But we're not poor. We all had cars to get here tonight. You know, we all ate something today. We all have clothing that we're wearing. We're not poor. Okay? I know we think we are, but we're, but we're not. And I believe, and I, I believe that God expects more from us than He does from a poor, a poor nation. And I believe Paul expected more from the Corinthians than he did from the people of Macedonia. Because see, it was about, it's about the same measure. Everybody should do the same percentage. If you make $100 a week, you ought to give your 10. And if you make 1,000, you ought to give your 100. God expects the same thing. However, if you make the 1,000, it is easier for you to give the 100 than it is for the person who makes 100 to give the 10, isn't it? Because... While it's the same measure, that person who makes a thousand a week eats as much as the person who makes a hundred, right? I mean, it costs just as they have. They pay the same thing in gas. They pay the same thing for, you know, electricity and all those other things, don't they? So really, even if you, if we, even though we are the richer people around here, and I know you're looking like we're not rich. Yeah, we are. Okay, in America, we're a lot richer than they were in Macedonia back then. We're not in deep poverty. I believe while God has given kind of a percentage that everyone ought to do, we do have an ability to do more. We have the ability to be more liberal than the people of Macedonia were, don't we? Because so we, you know, we, we're doing fine in this country. And yeah, if you're making a million dollars a year, and you, your tie, yeah, your tie is a hundred thousand. But boy, if you're making a million dollars a year, you can do a lot better than that, couldn't you? And you're not going to die. You're not going to starve. Okay. And but yet, for some reason, God does that. He he just put, you know, the the percentage there that we all should do. And churches like churches in America we ought to be able to do a lot more when it comes to giving than people in other countries because we are very blessed in this nation. We have a great abundance. And I believe Paul expected more from the Corinthians than he did from the other churches. And so, just remember that. You know, don't, that's why we don't need to just say, well, I'm going to do my percentage and boom, that's it. No, let's be liberal. We have the ability to be more liberal than people in other nations. And so, um, go to Philippians chapter 4. Go to Philippians chapter four. We're going to read another reference to, you know, the Paul collecting this money for those uh, saints in Jerusalem. Philippians chapter four and verse fifteen. Look what it says. It says, "Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me." And that communicating—that's talking about giving. It's not talking about just talking. No church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. And I just want to stop right there and say, listen, I don't, I don't want our church to be liberal in giving 
just so we can be a blessing to other missionaries and help see more people saved around the world. This will be good for all of you. All of you will be better off if you give to missions. If you're liberal and you're giving, it will turn out good for all of you. I really believe that. And he said, not that I desire a gift, but I want fruit to abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. No, this is a sacrifice. We don't like to sacrifice anything. You know what? Maybe if we're going to be able to give, we might have to sacrifice our cable. You know, if we're going to be able to give, we might have to sacrifice some of the junk and just some of the things that we like to spoil and pamper ourselves with. We might have to sacrifice something. But if you do, understand if you do sacrifice something, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And notice, we all like to just take that one verse and apply it. Hey, I'm a Christian. God's going to supply my needs. Well, that's not what it says. You're going to get supplied just because you... Well, I give my tithes, so God's going to supply all my needs. Well, no, that wasn't what it was talking about there either. This was talking about people who were giving to help people in another country. These were people, this is people that were giving, giving to missions. These are people that were giving liberally to missions. And, God, and then Paul said, my God shall supply all your need. And I think a lot of times we claim that verse way too soon. We think just because we're saved, God's going to supply all our needs. That's not what it says. Just because I tithe, God's going to supply all my needs. No, this was said to people who were liberally giving to missions. So, we are very blessed as believers in the United States. And while God expects people in poor countries to contribute to missions giving, I believe He expects more from us. Luke chapter 12, verse 48, But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whosoever much is given of him shall be much required. And if men have committed much of him, will they ask some more? What does God expect from us as a church? You know, what, what, what have we been given as a church? We don't have that much money as a church. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, we don't have a real fat bank account. But, here we are four years into this church. And we've already got a nice building that we own and don't owe very much money on. That's, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's a pretty big financial gift that God has given. We can't afford to have more of our offerings go into missions than many other churches have because of our extremely small mortgage that we pay. A lot, of, a lot of churches that start like we do have very large rent payments. I mean, three times what we are paying on a mortgage many times. That's something that God has given us. We've been given much. I think we, can't, we should be a little more liberal in our giving than probably some other churches. I, I think God probably expects, us, expects that from us. We've been given much as a church. God has blessed us materially with this place that we have in this location, I think God expects something from us. You know, all of us, we can look at what we have. 
in our lives. And like I said, it's hard to be grateful. We're going into the Christmas season. Y'all are going to just be seeing advertisements. If you're watching TV and watching those commercials all the time, you're going to think you're dirt poor. You're going to think you don't have anything. Because when you hear all those commercials, you know, go get this item that you deserve. That's right, I do deserve that. And I don't have it. No. That's you getting fooled by advertising. Okay? Y'all just need to get in your head, you're filthy rich. Okay? You're filthy rich. I mean... Fifty years ago, you know, he was talking about you know getting ice. It used to be a treat. I can go in my house and I can push a little thing and ice just comes out. We don't have to put it in a tray and wait for it to freeze. It's just right there. I don't have to draw water. And that same thing, I push another button and water comes out. And I got a glass of cold water right there. Now, fifty years ago, only a rich person would have had something like that. So why was that rich as fifty years ago and now you can be poor and have that? Think about that. You know, a big screen TV. I remember when only rich people had big screen TVs. Now everybody's got big screen TVs. So, does that not mean you're rich anymore? Or maybe it just means we keep raising the standard of what is rich. You know, there was a time just having more than enough to eat meant you were rich. You know, there was a time that just because somebody was overweight, that meant that they were rich. And we're a rich country. We're filthy rich. We just need to get in our head. We're stinking rich and we ought to be liberal in our giving. Stop listening to the commercials. Stop listening to America. Stop listening to these politicians talk about all those people that are in poverty that make this much money. That's, that's not poverty. Okay? If, you're, if you have a place to live and you have clothes and food to eat, you are not in poverty. Okay? You're rich if you have those things. If you've got cars, multiple cars, you're rich if you have those things. So, you know, I mean, we're so rich, we're like in the days of Solomon. No, they, people didn't even, they didn't even figure in silver. Silver was like stones. They didn't even play, pay attention to it. Well, we're so stinking rich now, we don't even care if we have two cars. We don't care if we have big screen TVs. We don't care if we have fancy refrigerators. We don't care if we have air conditioning and heat and running water, we don't even think about that. That's how rich we are in this country. So you know what? Stop being a victim and acting like you're poor and just admit you're filthy rich. And you know what? Stop being so stinking conservative and get liberal with your giving. We have the ability to do that and God expects it from us. And so I hope you understand what a big deal this is. This is probably going to be the only time you're ever going to hear me preach about being more liberal. But I do. I think as a church, it's time for us to go liberal in the area of missions giving. And so with that, let's all stand together. There's a lot